Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. One, two, three, four, five, six... Well, that song's called Roadrunner. There's going to be a lot of slipping and sliding on the roads tomorrow morning. The snow's going to move in sometime tonight. Let's get the very latest from meteorologist Dave Murray, who joins us this afternoon. How are you, Dave? I'm doing great. First of all, we can handle this, okay? <laughs> panic, panic is not necessary, but we can handle this. Also, I'm knocking the snow totals back slightly. Still within the range we've been talking about, but on the low end of that range. Why am I doing that? The storm has made it over the Rockies and is now pulling itself back together over Texas. It's accelerating a little bit. It's got a lot of moisture with it. But this is, again, why we don't jump on big numbers until the storm gets into the plains and over the Rockies. Then we'll be able to tell the track of the storm. That's where we are right now. It looks like it's tracking a little further south, though not much, just a little bit. But a difference of 20, 30 miles can make a big difference in snowfall amounts. And the speed, since it's picking up speed, means the snow will not last as long. The other thing people are, I'm hearing a lot of comments say, oh, it's you know, 45 degrees outside, how is it even going to snow? It's going to snow because once the moisture starts, which I do think will start around 9 o'clock tonight, as a mix of rain and snow, there'll be a rapid cooling of the entire column of air. It's very cold aloft, but we've got to cool the ground. And the key number here is about 35 36 degrees for it to go to all snow doesn't have to be 32 remember 32 is the the low for tonight so it's really marginal but after midnight it should go to snow the heaviest snow 3 a.m to 9 a.m on wednesday and then it gets out of here very very quickly i still kind of like a number of about four inches across the st louis area with that said the further south you go and you don't have to go real far south you're going to definitely hit that four-inch mark, maybe five inches, the further north you go, and not a heck of a lot north of Metro St. Louis. You may be only looking at two, three inches of snow. So there's going to be, when we wake up Wednesday morning and get into the early morning on Wednesday, there's going to be some wide ranges of snowfall amounts right across St. Louis. 
Some folks will say, oh, well, this is nothing. Other folks will say, okay, well, this is pretty good. But that's the nature of the beast on these southern storms in the St. Louis area. That's just what we deal with. Hey, Dave, if, since it rains first, will there be a layer of ice underneath all no. this? Okay. I, do, I don't think so, only because the ground temperatures are going to stay above the freezing point until we really get to the snow, snow point. Uh, and so I'm not anticipating an icing-type setup here. I don't think the road crews are anticipating that either. It's going to be a really wet snow, which means the big plows are going to handle this thing with ease. And uh, the, the biggest deal will be just shoveling your driveway and your sidewalk. In, in my mind, which is very, very tiny and confused, but <laughs> in, in my mind, by, by the time, I just have to be honest here, by the time we get to, you know, tomorrow at this time, we, we should be in okay shape because we've had these warm temperatures. The chemicals can work. And uh, is that right? Again, my mind is very yeah. small. But, I mean, yeah, in theory, I, this is going to come through and it's not going to be a, a lot of aftermath, right? Exactly. There'll be snow flurries around. There'll be some bursts of snow around. But the road crews, by this time Wednesday afternoon, uh, should be in good shape. And we will be above the freezing point temperature-wise. It's going to be a cold day, but we're going to be 35 degrees. That's that's fantastic for the road crews to really get, get working on this thing. And uh, as we get into Wednesday night, I think we're in pretty good shape to the real bitter cold air, and it's nothing like December, but we'll go down to 20 degrees Thursday night, and then by Friday, we're going to jump to 45 in the afternoon. So this is a quick in and quick out, and that's why I say Yay! It. it is, but you know, I, I, I took a gander into the extended forecast for like the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be winter, it looks like. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we've always been anticipating, even back to the long-range forecast back in November, that it'd be kind of a bookend book winter where December would be really cold, didn't have a lot of snow, but it was really cold. January would ease the entire pattern, and then we would jump back into winter in February. This storm is part of the process of getting back to a wintertime pattern. It, it doesn't just be a slam, you know, slam dunk kind of thing. It takes its time to really develop. But now February is going to be a winter month. That could even linger into March. Yeah, because if I'm, let's see if I can pull this up in the uh, trusty weather app, which I know Sue was oh, talking about how much you love that. Oh, I, like that. I know how much you love that. But Stop I mean, you, you can, <laughs> you, if, if you look into next next week, it's like 31, 27, 31, 20. Those are the highs. So it looks like we're, we're going to be stuck in a pattern. And these all get adjusted by real meteorologists who are not bots at the app. I understand that. <laughs> but um, right. it looks right. like it's not going to be a fun February. But we'll see what happens with the snow. Dave Murray, I appreciate it. Maybe we'll touch base tomorrow. Sounds good. All Thanks, right, we'll Dave. See. I'm ready for a little snow, though. And but you know, this and, is and the best scenario. You, so for you, though, you you potentially will you drive in tomorrow? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I like to see what's up. Right. But because uh, well, Sue has the ability, if she if she insists, she could do it from the house. That's why I asked that question. Yeah, I could do it from the house, but I like to see what the roads are. But if he says it kind of flips over, starts to rain at nine, flips over to snow in the three o'clock hour, I'll drive at about four thirty. So mm-hmm. we'll see what it looks like. You'll I kind of love that. I think you'll be fine I love because it. of the temperatures. And then it melts within two days, which is ideal. I love it. But then we got a cold blast coming up for February. Let's do this this afternoon. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. We talked to Dave Murray yesterday, and he, he's saying, oh, you know, I'm going to... You snow after, if it snows an inch, you get out and you shovel. And I thought, you know what? 
I'm going to go out to the garage today, Fred, and bring my shovel into the mudroom so that I can be prepared for this, right? <laughs> That's very forward-thinking of you, Sue. All right. Well, here's what happened. I went out, and I also had gone to the, you know, I got a new thermostat because the other one went right, kaput. Right, right. And I got the cheapest kind. Fred and I discussed my new thermostat, which is not <laughs> even programmable. You just go up. Right. And you go down. Yeah, you know what? Like <laughs> I have an offer for you after this, but remind me here a okay. second. Because I actually, right. I have a couple of uh, really good quality thermostats. Oh, but I that already I was, bought it. Well, I should have asked But I mean, it's, here's the thing. Amarin gifted them to me oh. because they were trying to promote them. But with my particular system, my geothermal system, they, they didn't work. So I actually oh. have okay. that I could have gifted you. Mm, or sell to you. I mean, I could also time, sell them to well, you, too. Well, I don't want them right, well. if you're going to sell them to me. No. I went into the garage, and while I was at the hardware, store, I had purchased some ice melt, right? So I thought, this is great. I'm going to bring all of this in. Well, Oscar the Bulldog had been in the garage, and he has learned now to lift his leg on things. Oh. When I pulled out the ice melt, it was wet, Fred. (laughs) There was the dog urine on my ice melt. It was yellow ice melt yep. is what you're trying to say. You're not supposed to eat the yellow snow. Oh, Can you I use the so, yellow well, ice melt I cleaned on the, snow. the bag and then I dragged it in. But, I mean, he has peed on uh, uh, stuff in my garage and I didn't realize but it. But he doesn't do that in the house. Like, if, no. he would, if he would go into my house, let's say you would bring him over. Because my little terrier would do this. If I bring my terrier <sighs> to your house, he's likely to take a couple of little tinkles. Really? Right? Yeah. It, yeah, He's I annoying don't as all get out. Like yeah. if I, I can't take him to Pet Supplies Plus because he definitely pees at Pet Supplies Plus. Now maybe that's because of all the other <laughs> dog smells. That could but be. he's peeing in the aisle. Is at he Pet marking? Plus. Is that yes. what he's doing? Yes. 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 If look, this dog weighs about fifteen pounds. You take him on a walk, he pees forty-five times. <laughs> How he has anything left in there, I have no idea. Oscar does the same thing. So How is Luna. that possible? Luna does it like thirty times yeah. while I'm walking. I'm like, come on, that <laughs> is fascinating. I mean, I do that overnight, but I'm fifty-seven years old, so I can. I can understand it. And I'm thinking you're not lifting your leg at the time, but maybe it's a personal question. Right. Is your garage not heated? Is it a cold, a regular garage? Well, yes. it's not connected. Yeah. Right? There's, it's not yeah. connected. And uh, I, I just was appalled at his behavior. And uh, Did you tell him? I did, actually. Thank you, Fred. I mentioned that to him. He did not. He was nonplussed. Uh, by the way, it's National Compliment Day. Thank so you. say something nice to someone. Fred, you look nice. Thank Abby, you. I, I like your Spider-Man that, outfit yeah, today. Yeah. Isn't that very hey, Mark, thoughtful? Thanks for offering to put Abby and me up tonight at the Drury Inn. <laughs> oh. Hey, by the way, is the company doing that? Is Are they? I don't know. We used to do that, that kind of stuff. Remember, I think we'll be maybe okay. Maybe for the people who have to come in super duper early. But that would be me. And no one has said anything. We could just pull a Mark day and just all show up around. Three. Two? Oh, I see. Two. Fred, Fred's getting very yeah, Fred, comfortable. Fred, now, <laughs> now that he's edging toward retirement, he's taking shots. If you notice, he's taking some time off in okay, a couple of weeks. I know. But the last time this happened, what was the deal? You stayed Wait, at the Drury Inn. Because I stayed we had, at the Drury Inn. We both so did, did Abby. Yeah. But didn't you stay like two nights? He I stayed two, two nights. nights. He was spotted, if you recall, Mark, walking down the center of uh, Olive Street <laughs> by people going there. And it's, because it's, you wouldn't. Mm-hmm, that's right. Because mm-hmm. you didn't ask anyone for a ride. Correct. Right. Oh, my God. And he really, as I recall, enjoyed the buffet. Is yeah, that I true? Was, I remember that, too. Uh-huh. I was afraid of the Dave Glover people, so I let them Fred drive Bob past me. over there, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> and they all said to me, what's the matter with Fred? We saw him in the road. Why wouldn't he let us pick him up? I said, I don't know. It's a Fred thing. <laughs> On this day in history, 101 years ago, in 1922, genius Christian K. Nelson of Onawa, Iowa, patented the Eskimo pie. 
which is essentially vanilla ice cream dipped in chocolate on a stick. Was but, Genius his first name? No, I'm just oh, okay. saying if you like the chocolate, then that's what you like. But yeah, that was 101 years ago today. 41 years ago today, the 49ers beat the Bengals 26-21 in Super Bowl 16. It was the 49ers' first Super Bowl, and Joe Montana was the MVP. <laughs> 1982. Was that Boomer? Was Boomer in the quarterback then? Uh, mm-hmm. I have to look back. Ah, at that's that. a good question. Know. And 39 years ago today, in 1984, Steve Jobs unveiled the Mac unveiled unveiled the Macintosh personal computer to a group of Apple shareholders, and he did this huge dramatic presentation. And the entire crowd was shocked when the computer actually spoke for itself. I don't know what it said. Run, DOS. I mean, it said something, and they all were like, woo. <laughs> that was 39 years ago today. So not even 40 years ago today. And now we're walking around wow. with phones. I mean, the the quick advances in that department have been just stunning. Just Hoover stunning. Hoover late 80s. It was Kenny late Anderson. 80s. I should remember oh, that. Kenny okay. Anderson. Uh, the Oscar nominations were announced this morning, but they're so lengthy that it would take me 10 years to go through it. I mean, there were 10 nominations for Best Picture alone. Mark and I looked at the list. So if you're interested, go ahead and uh, find it on the internet. Top Gun was, was nominated. Look, the Oscars changed the rules. They used to do five pictures, Best Picture, right? So they changed the rules. They modified them years ago. Uh, the Golden Globes does a weird five pictures in each category so they end up having ten but they have musical or comedy which usually those films are not comedies or musicals and then they have drama. Critics Choice Group which I still belong to mm-hmm. does a set of ten nominees. The interesting here's the one movie that interested me and I, I've always held the opinion that the Academy voters sort of correct the process of award season and there's a film that um, is a British film actually All Quiet on the Western Front which was heavily nominated for and Oscar also heavily nominated that. That was not even really on the radar for the earlier awards groups. So, look, I, a lot of these movies, I've tried to watch some of them. The Banshees of Insurin, for example. Just I can't the even pronounce, title like, makes me sleep. I can't even pronounce the, the, the right way, yes. but that one didn't do anything for me. Uh, I liked Elvis, you know that, but some people didn't like Elvis at all. I do want to watch All Quiet on the Western Front because I haven't seen that. Fred asked me about that because I have a okay. I have an interview possibility with a producer that's got some local connections okay. that I came across today from my friend Cindy Scheltmeyer in Columbia. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once mm-hmm. got a ton of nominations. Yeah, yes. That was heavily nominated. And, and that one made my head hurt. It was you watched so it, didn't you? It was so hard to follow. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to try. I'll have to go in on that. Zoe Saldana became the first actor to have four films make over $2 billion at the worldwide box office. Of course, Avatar, Way of the Water, me, 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 surpassed $2 billion over the weekend. That's what helped her. Uh, also, Avatar, Avengers, Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. And, of course, James Cameron. Who does not appear to be a nice person, but he is the first director to have made three films make over $2 billion. Of course, the Avatars and Titanic. That really is amazing when you think about it. It is. $2 billion. I mean, you look at some of these. Let's look at the box office of probably six or seven of the other films that are nominated for Best Picture, and they probably wouldn't even crack a couple million. Yeah, that's true. Some of those films. Now, I might be nuts. I might be lowballing that just a little because of award season, but before they were even mentioned, they weren't doing anything at the box office. And uh, 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 let's see, producer emeritus Dave Klein sent me this story. Oreo is adding to the seemingly endless parade of Oreo variations. Okay, listen to the latest one. It's a limited edition Oreo stuffed with Oreos. 
<laughs> that is correct. Called the most Oreo of Oreos, it's chocolate wafers filled with the cream, and they blended it up with Oreo bits. So it actually sounds like really that. good. Yeah. So it's like a cookies and cream thing. But I bring this up because uh, it's available for pre-sale starting today on the Oreo website, if that is your thing. It will hit stores nationwide on January the 30th. Uh, suggested retail price, $4.99. That sounds actually really good to me. And finally in Sue's news... Hang on, hang oh. on, just before you do finally here, I have a clarification on um, the uh, the dog pee from Jeannie Sullivan. Oh, what does she say? Plus. She says dogs have... This is her word, by the way. Okay. Dogs have another sack... That's the word she... That carries urine to mark for other dogs. It's not from his pee-pee. It's oh. from that. That was the official, uh, very veterinary way to describe that. But here's... Okay, let's say that's I'm true. I'm confused. I'm going to assume that that's true, It comes right? out the... Let's say there's another sack. Wait a, Wait a minute. The other sack is filled beyond anything oh, yes. that would, should be realistic, right? It all comes out in the same yeah, place. Exactly. But you're saying there's a different... Very interesting, Jeannie. I did not know I that. I didn't know that either. Wow. Uh, See, this is an educational show, yes, Sue. Totally this this is. segment is the perfect example wow, of that. I kind of got caught up on that. I'm trying to work it through the... Okay. And finally, at Sue's News, today's random fact. Denny's isn't named after anybody. It started as a donut shop called Danny's Donuts in Lakewood, California. And the founders picked Danny because it started with D, like donut. And they eventually changed the name to Denny's because people were confused. They were confusing it with another chain called Coffee Dan's, and Denny's stuck, and it's been that way ever since. That's a great one. I did not know that. So there you go. That's a little education for you on Sue's News as well. I know. Not not quite as you know thrilling as the different sack, but still, you learned a bunch today. Think about it. 423 Kill Meat is coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We have uh, newly sworn in Senator Eric Schmidt, the former AG. We have the new AG, Andrew Bailey, in for a visit in the last hour. Also, Laura Bryant-Hanford in the next hour. She wrote a great piece about a Virginia teenager who was... This is really kind of disgusting. It's more than just a little disgusting. She was sex trafficked twice because her school hid her gender identity from her parents. And the, the story is rather horrifying. We'll get into that in the next hour. Plus, an audio cut of the day. Brian Kilmeade is here, co-host of Fox & Friends, the host of One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. You hear him on the Brian Kilmeade Show every morning, every weekday morning on 97.1 FM Talk. Brian, welcome back. How are you? Oh, good, Mark. How are you? I'm good. We have more documents, and this time from the uh, more recent former vice president. What's going on out there, Brian? All hell's breaking loose, right? Uh, so we're finding out. Find out what they are. One thing about Pence, he'll actually find out what's in him. So we'll see. 
Uh, so we'll probably find out, you know, is this, uh, is this stuff low classification? Is it about the inaugural? I, I don't know. Or is it about someone having an affair? Is it, uh, is it about Ukraine? I'm not sure. Let's find out. But Pence, I don't know what prompted Pence to come out and say, he said, you know, with all this stuff going on, why don't you check? And they checked. They go, we found some stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I think the case was made very strongly by a, a lot of pundits out there that the Biden situation, very different than what happened at Mar-a-Lago, right? Mar-a-Lago, much worse, we were told. And in this one, I, I don't know how, you know, you sort of sort all this out. It may, to a certain extent, neuter some of the complaints from the Republicans, but I don't know who wins in this situation unless we find the answers out. Right. Uh, I guess you could see what they're doing with taking his notes and his daily planner. And what were they doing? You know, if he just took up documents, okay, let me take it. Okay, got it. But why are you taking his notes? You know, are you, are you seeing if, is there a reason to believe that he was cycling this around for some reason? And then you now you're taking away uh, top secret stuff from when he was senator. Wait a second, that's 18 years. You're mad at Trump for six months? <laughs> right. And, it, and he gave 16 bucks up? This guy gave how many years? Well, and I don't know what part of the equation this is, but I even heard Larry Summers last week on Fox talk about how, you know, some of this, and I think I have seen some agreement on this bipartisan agreement, some of this is because of overclassification. Now, that doesn't answer all the questions, but, you know, there's overclassification. I think there's some pretty good questions about why these are paper documents and how much have we digitized these documents in the modern era, right? Those are all questions that I think need to be asked and answered. Right. Uh, you know, the thing about Biden is he got all these uh, overseas connections that he denies. And is it related to all that? And the fact is, he's on 60 Minutes saying how despicable it is that Trump's doing what he's doing. And then two months later, he's found doing the same thing. And now you find out that it's actually worse. And he wants credit for being transparent when he's not really being transparent. Hey, Brian, I, I saw the story yesterday, and I know that you probably would have something to say about the Fox meteorologist, Adam Klotz, who was attacked. He's coming back from the Giants game, right? Watching the Giants game, and he's beat up on the New York subway. Yeah, and he was on our couch the next morning, and he's really hurting today. He's almost on adrenaline yesterday, and he's got bruised ribs. He doesn't know what's wrong with his knee. It's four times the size. He looks like they might have broken his nose because his both eyes are just beat red. Uh, a black and blue red. And basically he saw one guy, he's like about 60, 70 years old, that was 70 years old, and they, they lit his hair on fire. He goes, what the hell are you doing? And they just started beating on him. And then he said, okay, I'll move to another car. And then these guys found him, and, and all six to eight of them, they got three of them and let him go. And then they, they were looking for one more guy. And you saw that picture, 3,500, if you report him. I'm thinking to myself, what do you need him for, to let him go again? Well, that, that's the frustrating thing, and we, we have some of the same. Luckily, you came to St. Louis a few weeks ago, and you, um, you were able to get out of here safely. But in all, And we joke about it a little bit because the crime is so bad. But in seriousness, and I put this on Twitter earlier, last night we had so many carjackings that are going on at the same time, one that, that happened um, you know, just after 8, one that happens right before 8, one that happens right after 9, just back to back to back. And we don't have the officers. I don't know about New York. Uh, they may care here, I think, the police to try to, crack down on some of this. We don't have the manpower, the officers right now, and there's no way to put a, put a cap on this crime situation. So I don't know what the answer is. Well, I mean, they, they got to get the officers. Here they might have enough officers, but they can't do anything. There's, qualified, there's no qualified immunity, so 
if you walk up to a guy, put your hands on a minority, and someone's rolling on their Apple uh, Apple Watch or or their their iPhone, okay. Uh, excuse me, another example, uh, let's uh, burn the city down and let's fire this guy and then also force his family out of town. And you saw that in the extreme way in Ferguson, and now that's what cops think about. I talk to them all the time. This one cop went all the way through the hospital and stayed with Adam all night. So, And he said, listen, I have nothing but admiration for the cops. They, they couldn't be more empathetic, but they also said, I can't do anything. So there's nothing they can do. The guys are underage, and right now there's no reason to hold on to them for just a beatdown. Now think about this. They probably beat somebody else up last night not right after. It was only 115. I'm pretty sure they're not under the curfew. So what are they going to do again? So, Yeah, it's disgusting. You know, so, I, I, you know I, I don't know how you – and if you're a crime victim, you got to feel just left alone, right, that no one's there fighting for you. Yeah, and he's like, if I could get attention, he's going to sue him. He's going to sue the city. He's going to sue everybody. I think he should. And, uh, you know, Eric Adams says, you know, it's, it's a revolving court of justice, same people over and over again, and he's throwing up his hands because the Democrat can't get Democrats to listen to him in Albany. So they have a super majority, so they don't need it. They can't – any Republican rally goes on deaf ears, and there's no Democrat strong enough to stand up and go, listen, i got to do what's right. Meanwhile, Lee Zeldin almost won the state because he got 47 percent of the vote. And he did not have a big name upstate, and he still turned it over big time. So he might be doing it again. So that was the lesson that really delivered the House of Republicans. New Yorkers were fed up, but they don't seem to have gotten that lesson. Brian Kilmeade is back with us. Yeah, Brian Kilmeade back with us this afternoon on 97.1 FM Talk. Did you see, you know, you and I talked a lot about Jim Crow 2.0 and everything going on down in Georgia, Stacey Abrams, and they all tried to scare people. Did you see the poll from the University of Georgia School of Public Affairs? No. Zero percent. This is this is new. Zero percent of black voters, Brian, said that their voting experience was poor. By the way, when do you ever get zero percent of anything? One uh, percent. <laughs> only one percent of whites said that it was poor, but zero percent. So Jim Crow 2.0, we knew it at the time, was nothing but a smear. It was ridiculous. Now, I'm, I'm expecting this is not going to get a lot of coverage in the mainstream media or uh, the folks at Coca-Cola won't get the, the memo either is my guess. And Major League Baseball. Yeah, Major League Baseball. Can't forget yeah. that. Right. Yeah, but how about that? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I did not see that. I did not see that. But it, everything they said was reasonable, and those guys were vilified, but yet Brian Kemp walked away with it. So people must have realized this stuff is just rhetoric. Little things like, they have to stand online, and if you can't offer them water, well, the pollster can, but we all know it's idiotic to think that an adult standing online can't bring their own water or they're going to collapse. So we heard all how how brutal that was. That was to stop black voters from black, uh, from standing up and voting. And we all know that was dumb. You know, the drive-through voting, we should not have drive-through voting. The, it's going to be parents going to make their 18-year-olds vote the way they do. Some spouses don't want to feel pressured. You don't want to hand your ballot in. A lot of people want to order their own Starbucks at drive-throughs, let alone their own vote. So... Yeah, I mean, everything they were saying, I was saying, what is going on here? But I think that Ron DeSantis stopped the whole woke corporate approach when he yeah. took on Disney, and Disney lost. On that front, so now you have this complaint about this, um, you know, the AP African-American history courses in Florida. KJP was asked about it. She's talking about it. you got a bunch of Democrats. I thought this was brilliant. This is DeSantis. We have guidelines and standards in Florida. Uh, we want education, not indoctrination. This course... On black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. 
Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? All right, Mike Trop, right there. You don't even need to listen to anything more, any responses. He wins that argument, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. And also, uh, you know, Mark Levin was actually texting with me and said, Brian, just check this out. Everybody knows, because I did Frederick Douglass, I'm working on Booker T. Washington, everybody knows how horrific it was in the South for African Americans. And it details. Got it. So you learn about that. But you also don't, you learn about it from all perspective. Booker T. Washington has a philosophy that would not fly today. And they have no interest in putting that in curriculum. It's the Black Lives Matter curriculum. It's left-wing professors. There's no Shelby Steele to say, yeah, I grew up in the South. My parents uh, grew up in the South, came to the North, and we thrived through and got into, uh, got into college on affirmative action, see that it's overstated. So you have a conservative school of thought, and then you have, I don't know, the, the W.B. Du Bois uh, start, you know, uh, school of thought. And but that's cold studying. You can have African-American studying, but there should be an idea not to radicalize, but to tell the correct story of history through the deepest thinkers at the time and today. And yet there seems to be an effort to radicalize and say this is not an America you can deal with. So it was the curric- inside the curriculum, not the major African-American studies, it was the issue. Yeah, and it's not—look, the radicalization certainly is there, but now it's, it's very ironic because they're making things up, and they have been for a while. That's why I think there's parallels with Jim Crow 2.0, all this stuff. There was a piece in the Washington Post from this professor down in Florida. He's worried that he won't be able to take you know, his class to um, this site where there was a terrible— Lynching. Nobody's opposed to that. Look, if that if that's what you want, it's the way that you present it, and it's the indoctrination. I think that people are wondering about. So it all gets kind of taken out of context, which um, certainly happens on all these issues. Anything set, Brian Kilmeade, for One Nation on Saturday night yet? Yeah, Matt Taibbi for sure. We had nice. to put him off a week because Elon Musk called. Uh, we know that for sure. Uh, I also know it's been one year since I got the show, so we got to look back at some of the bigger moments uh, throughout the broadcast. Uh, I'm also going to have. Carly Lloyd from Special Forces, that show on Fox, which is a huge hit, they, they drop in, you know, Dwight Howard, uh, Anthony Scaramucci, uh, Dr. Drew, they have uh, Housewives, one of the Spice Girls, and they put them through these, uh, it started with 20, Mike Piazza, and they put them through these Special Forces training, maybe a tenth as hard as, and it's just unbelievable. Carly Lloyd is surviving, so she's going to tell us about the experience. I, well, sadly and embarrassingly, I probably wouldn't make it one minute in that. I've seen the promos. It looks interesting. Brian Kilmeade, have a great week. We'll talk next week. Go get it, Mark Reardon. Well, this band actually is no longer. That's Brendan Urie singing here, Panic at the Disco, one of the, the new songs, Don't Let the Light Go Out. Vegas-based band. I think Brendan Urie is basically the only original member of the band, but he wrote on Instagram today, well, it's been a hell of a journey growing up in Vegas. I could have never imagined where this life would have taken me so many places all over the world, but sometimes the journey must end for a new one to begin. He talks about how he and his wife are expecting a baby and says, that said, I'm going to bring this chapter of my life to an end and put my focus and energy on my family. And with that, Panic at the Disco will be no longer. This is probably one of the songs they're uh, best known for, right? Sue, do you know uh, a little Panic at the Disco? I do. do. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'll tell you what, this guy, Brendan Yuri, I have some respect for because when I was watching, my kids used to watch, uh, they have terrible taste in music now, but they used to have good taste in music when they were like 12 or 13 years old. Somehow it got away from them. And they were listening to a bunch of alternative bands and they liked Panic! at the Disco. And one time I was watching just a, a concert 
that they were doing. And Brendan Urie just broke out into some standards. Like he was doing Sinatra. Wow. And it just like blew me away. And then come to find out, I saw, you know, drag shows are in the news quite a bit. I saw Kinky Boots on Broadway with my son a few years ago, which I would highly recommend. Not if you're under 18 years old, but if you're an adult right. and you want to see something good, there is a bit of a drag thing. Brendan Urie starred in that right before. I saw David Cook who was one of the guys from American yeah. Idol. And he was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't know He's how a he would do. Uh, yeah, but he was good. He was good in the role. But um, I did not see Brendan Urie, but I mean, the guy's got all kinds of talent. So I just thought I'd put that out there. Oh. Panic at the Disco, no longer. Let's talk about J.K. Rowling. I like J.K. Rowling a lot because J.K. Rowling is someone who is not afraid to say what's on her mind. And she's made it very clear that she believes that um, women do not have penises and vice versa. Now, there's a new game out, which is called Hogwarts Legacy. I'm not a gamer myself, but this is named after the Magical Castle, where most of the action takes place. And it's being released next month for personal computers. I think it's also going to be on Xbox and PlayStation as well. But for about a year now, you've had trans activists, because they've targeted J.K. Rowling. They don't like her. You know, she's a turf, oh, yeah. right? He, she's, yeah. like, she's like Chappelle. She's team turf. In fact, he talks about her in the... Um, in the comedy special and probably did the other night as well. Uh, GameSpot published a feature article by a trans activist YouTuber named Jesse Earl. And it's described as being several thousand words long and entirely one-sided from start to finish. It says, first and foremost, Rowling pointed toward the concept of rapid onset gender dysphoria, which postulates that there has been a sudden influx in young girls suddenly identifying as transgender, seeing it as fashionable due to trans influence on, on social media and popular culture. By the way, that's exactly what's happening. And this person sort of limits the, um, you know, I think the acceptance of that particular thing. They say that that's been incredibly debunked in numerous studies. It has not been debunked. And I, I think this person is in complete denial. In fact, Michelle Goberg at the New York Times even has uh, an article today that kind of talks about it. It says, last year I interviewed Marcy Bowers, president of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, for a piece I never ended up writing about youth gender transition. A trans woman, Bowers is a surgeon and a gynecologist who has both delivered thousands of babies and performed thousands of vaginoplasties. One of her patients was Jazz Jennings, the trans reality star. When we spoke, Bowers made the argument, I think about often, that progressive taboos about discussing some of the thornier issues involving treating young people with gender dysphoria, including the reality of detransition, are self-defeating. We don't look unified, she said. We look like we're hiding something. And then the quote is, there are many people in my community who will deny that there's any sort of social contagion. I shouldn't say social contagion, but at least peer influence on some of these decisions. I think that that's not just recognizing human behavior. Let me recap that for you here. You have on the one point the um, on the one part trans activists that are saying about J.K. Rowling that her whole theory about how this is social pressure has been debunked. And there, and the same day, somebody in Michelle Goldberg's column in the New York Times that says, yeah, you know what, that this is something that's happening. And this trans activist says, I think that that's just not recognizing human behavior if you deny that it's not happening. And this is someone, pro, Goldberg's pro-trans rights, which is kind of interesting, but she puts that in there. Dr. Marcy Bauer says, it seems like and this was not in the New York Times column. This was um, in Reuters. And she said she was concerned about plastic surgeons advertising gender surgery on TikTok. 
So it seems like they're almost trying to recruit people based on real flashy videos that minimize the risks, said Dr. Marcy Bowers, a transgender woman who is a gender surgeon and the president of this group. For those who are genuinely concerned that people are being swept in by this social contagion, her word, These kinds of videos are not helpful. She said, I wish we could police them, but I just don't know any good way to do that other than to appeal to good taste. Now, it was back late last summer and early fall that I started mentioning that the tide was turning just a little bit with some of these trans activists, including people like Dr. Marcy Bowers, who has supported some of this because she's seen this take off as a social contagion. And even someone like her who is trans, who performs these vaginoplasties, says, wait a second, hold on. Maybe we've gone too far. Now, let's get back to Harry Potter just a second, because you have Hogwarts legacy. There's a a couple of chat groups out there, and one of them has banned any discussion about Hogwarts legacy. It's just a game. Discussion of Hogwarts legacy has been banned from the popular forum website Reset Era due to the controversy surrounding Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling. The mod team has decided to expand our prior ban on promotion for the Hogwarts game to include the game itself. There will be no off-topic chat and no discussion of the game. There's some free speech issues right there. They have a discussion board, and because they deem J.K. Rowling turf, she doesn't like trans people, she says... This group says they're not going to allow even a discussion about the game. And they said, after continued internal discussion, we began to start outlining the issues put forth by Rowling and the game in question. And each time as we discussed it all, we kept coming back to the very simple fact that Rowling is not only a bigot, but actively pushing in her position as a wealthy and famous individual for legislation that will hurt trans people. Now, here's what's hilarious about this. Um, there's this guy, Jesse Earl, this YouTuber who does not like all of this is going on with Rowling and uses the uh, she, they pronouns. This is her quote and, and declares her own stance. I will not begrudge anyone their love of past work or things they already own that they take comfort in. I own the first nine movies and all seven books myself. But any support of something like Hogwarts Legacy is harmful. Wait a second here. So essentially what they're basically saying is that anything new that would come along from J.K. Rowling in the form of, say, a game like Hogwarts Legacy, that's verboten. That's You can't have that because she hates trans people. Uh, but you can still accept the movie and the books. Wouldn't it be like you're either in on this stuff or you're not? You either don't like J.K. Rowling. Ugh. She's a bigot. She's full of hate. And then somebody, they, re, they reprinted, um, Hot Air did this today. They reprinted one of her tweets. Somebody asked her, how do you sleep at night knowing you've lost a whole audience from buying your books? And her response was, I read my most recent royalty checks to find the pain (laughs) and and find the pain goes away very quickly. (laughs) I like that. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.